Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Scale Modeling Podcast. Here we'll be discussing just about anything and everything as it relates to scale models. So buckle up for what we believe will be an exciting journey into the world of scale modeling. We really hope that you will download and make us a regular part of your modeling bench sessions. Now here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew Frill, and Andrew White. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Model Geeks podcast. That's right, 12, the dirty dozen. We're already up that high. Um, I'm Whitey. I got D-Ren over there, Frildo, and uh, Nemo. Nemo's backing us up as well. And here we are recording What's on up, a Whitey? Tuesday evening. Hey, man. You know, uh, we're recording on a Tuesday evening. I got to thank you guys for uh, pausing for a couple of days uh, while I was on vacation. Um, you know, at, with... With the nice weather, with summer being here, I, I anticipate this happening when we'll have to deviate from our normal record days. And also, you know, with everyone getting back to travel, too, and, you know, in our jobs, we do some of that sometimes. So we're going to be seeing yep. that. Um, Max Flex, right? What's yeah, the key man, to, and the beard what, looks good, dude. I was fixing to say, he uh, comes back from Florida, man. He's sporting this whole George Clooney look. I, I, oh, man. <laughs> well, That's a good-looking beard, Whitey. Don't ask my wife about that. She hates uh, <laughs> facial hair. Uh, the only reason it's there is because of the the hockey playoffs. Every time the Bruins are in the playoffs, I'm, I, I, we let the beards go. Yeah. Uh, you know, let so. it grow. Yeah. I was scared. I thought we were going to have to redo our banner. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be gone. I tried to let my hopefully hair- not. Hopefully not too soon. But you know, God knows they just blew another game last night. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes from there. Again, we're recording on Tuesday, so tomorrow night's do or yep. die for them. Game six, so, so the, we'll see what happens. He could be clean shaven tomorrow night. I, eh, I could be. Yeah, hope hope not. Hope I take it through the weekend. Um. So, anyways, uh, again with uh, good weather, summer vacations, it's left me with very little bench time lately. Uh, getting around to what we're still in work on. I'm still stagnating. Uh. Right here with the uh, tornado, the Desert Babes tornado. Um, I'm right at the cusp of getting the fuselage completely together, getting the wings in place. Uh, hasn't happened yet, though. I, I still have some cleanup to do on that on the wings, the um, slat tracks. I need to get some reference photos of slat tracks of a tornado uh, to see how the you know some of the molding for those for the rails is just real sloppy. So I have to clean those up. Um, what about any any of you guys? And getting bench time, what do you guys in work on? We'll go right around the horn with Samo, Nemo. Oh yeah, man. So all the squirrels are put back in their cages and they're all sleeping quietly because the old uh Tamiya F four B is sitting on the bench and it is we're rocking and rolling through it, and all I can say is holy goodness, it is just is an awesome awesome kit i mean i every just do me a favor if you can listen if you can hear my voice whether you build ships <laughs> cars figures legos it doesn't matter go buy when you can get yourself an, a tamiya 48 scale f4b just go buy one and build it and then you'll smile and you'll be like okay this is what model building's all about. It's it's better than the Tomcat. 
Durant is correct. What can correct. I say? I have my moments. <laughs> it is. It's just the fit. It's just all the the little inserts. Oh, don't 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 worry. Do not worry. Yeah, Do both you guys' fans are looking good. Pictures oh, I've seen. They just in the cockpit. It's just out of the box. Nothing. You don't. You don't need aftermarket anything. Well, some seatbelts. Don't be using your decals on dang seats. But anyway, <laughs> that's all use, I needed. I'm I'm going to use the decals. Well, uh, oh, you rebel! You'll have decals on your seats. You will, and I will <laughs> make you, some. Give me of... some of those new 3D ones. Uh, yeah, I haven't make, seen those. See if... I haven't seen if uh, how they Benny look. They might some. be a little too. They might be a little too thin. You know, I don't that know. Was, um, um, I, I like to use the the foil from a um, a champagne bottle. It's like the perfect the lead foil from a champagne bottle is like the perfect thickness. It's not too thin like Reynolds wrap, and it's not too thick like you know some of the wine bottle. Um, but there's a there's a some champagne bottles. I, I still have a whole bunch left over from my younger days, but. It's the perfect thickness, nice and thin, cuts really well. But if I can find some Edwide um, seatbelts, I'll use those. Anyway, so I think that's the the problem, though. I know Quintos. I saw that they were looking for uh, folks that had a copy of the white box or the pre production Tamiya, so that they can make it. I don't know that they ever got them. I don't think there's a Tamiya fit. Uh, resin set out there. I don't know that Edward's got them out yet. I haven't seen anything. So. Ah, but I'm sure they've got F4 seatbelts. They may yeah, not be made for the. They may not be made for the Tamiya F4 seats, but I mean, you can, true. You can bend them, make them, make make them work. True. Or I can just make. I can just make them. I got some old model technologies or Technics buckles. I was kind so of wondering make what uh, maybe cutting some. Some tinfoil ones and putting the decals over the top of them once they were laid in place to see how they laid in. It's just yeah, something I was thinking could. about uh, as you an could. experiment, but yeah, that'll yep. give it a little more relief to it. Yeah, yep. I think Remember that's the a pretty, old. Uh, I try it. Accurate miniatures kits. They would tell you to cut the decal from the uh, paper and put it in that way without dipping it in water. You just cut it out from the sheet. Oh yeah, stick it on the seat. Oh, use yeah. a little PVA glue on it, and yeah. so that you had a little relief as uh, whitey. Man, that was, a, that was a company a, that I wish was stuck around. Hmm. They made good yeah. models. Unfortunately, there's not not all the model companies get to stick around, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll get to that later. Anyway, go buy yourself a Tamiya F4B. You'll love it. Promise. It's 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 even better than the Tomcat. So. That's what I got going on. Good stuff. All right, D-Ran, you kind of touched on it, but well, what's on your bench? Too? Well, you know, it's the same thing. Uh, and yeah, you're a little you're a little ahead of. Yeah, no, I'm I'm doing well. I've got uh, some pictures up there on the Facebook uh, page. Uh, I'm moving forward. I've I'm I'm pretty much all built up. I've got the uh, this evening. I I ended up doing all the metallic work in the tail area. Um, and I, I'm, I'm loving it, man. It It's, you know, I, I told Scott that I told all you guys that it's better than the uh, Tomcat. And, you know, I believed it. I believe I, you. It's, I'm a believer, uh, man. It's good stuff. And 
I am looking forward to like I'm trying I'm trying to do this one completely out of the box. I'm not feeling any intake uh seams. I'm not uh I'm not doing anything extra to this kit because I want to show what it's like for everybody to build it just as you get it and you put it together. You don't do anything extra, right? You don't you don't try and put, you know, out of the box, man. That's right. right. Not the latex paint method through the intakes and all that BS. Uh, and to show just what the engineering's like. So uh, the next one I might do a little bit differently. Um, this one, my goal is right now to have it done here by the end of the month because I really want to try and put it at Mosquito Con. We all make it up there. So yeah, yeah, man. You know, definitely want to try to head up to that. Yeah. So. That's my goal. Uh, I'm on the fence right now. I'm kind of doing the paint scheme towards the the aardvarks. Oh yeah. You know, I'm. I hear through the grapevine that there might be a fur ball set out here in the not too distant future, and I was thinking about doing something just a little bit different. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, Scott was his kit is the uh, white box kit, so I can donate the uh, kit markings to him if he wants. But we'll see, we'll see where it goes. So, but you can follow it on the uh, Model Geeks Facebook page. I'm putting pictures up there all the time. So that's right. that's what's when, on when's my. When's that kit even hit the streets for the for the rest of us? So it was uh, supposed to be this you know, month. Yeah, sometimes models out here. You know, it's it's supposed to be this month, and but that could be delayed. We we just yeah, don't know yeah. because of the shipping whole COVID still... shipping issue, right? Okay, uh, but, but officially June is is when it's released. Huh? June, and well, I don't have an June. exact date. Oh. So, okay, great. All right, Frildo, what you up to, man? Ah, well, the one thing that you got to deal with when you pull a kit out from the shelf of doom that you haven't touched in probably fifteen years is remembering where you were at and what you were trying to do. So just been going years. through. Yeah, man. That's when I started this X 15. Hold on. This like, is going to turn into this, a, this is a news flash. No, right no, 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 no. It ain't going to be no tracker build. This thing is. You're already you know, into always like the X 15. What's that? You're already into 15 years. In yeah, I started. Yeah. But career got in the way and what I envision, what I want to do with it, you know, and, Nothing really, just detail the cockpit and then just, you know, put it together. But it's a special hobby kit. And so I think it's one of their earlier releases. So the fit isn't like it is on other special hobby kits today. As Yeah. You know, so you got some things you got to deal with. And so I'm just going through, seeing what all I got to do to. But it's all black. Get moving. And that's the yeah, 32 see, scale one? The yeah, 32 right? scale. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but black though. See, that's what rather you could. We could do an entire show on black and Maybe how it's not will. black. That's a great, great topic. You know, and just the different ways because you look at black under different conditions and it it'll look gray, it'll look purple, it will, you know. So, so I'm just trying to remember where I'm at with that. See if I'm missing any parts. Like I said, this thing's been up and down the East Coast in the last 15 years. So, and um. Working on the A4M, trying to get it finished up. And today I started to work on the Mark 20, what are those, Rock Eyes or Snake Eyes? The Cluster Bombs. 
Rock Eye. Rock Eye. Okay. So I'm using the yeah, ones yeah. from the Hasegawa weapons set. And they're definitely old. They show their age. And if you take the time to clean the seam up, you erase all the, you know, you sand away all the what little bit of detail there was. And so today trying to I hate scribing over round surfaces, curved surfaces. And so I got well, we talked about and, that. Yes, we saws, did. Right? You Those curved saws. Razor saw. Right. But here's the yeah, thing, man, though. Go what back are you going to do? To the episode. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so yeah, I'm not. I don't. You know, I'm not good enough where I can just hold a razor saw and turn this rock eye to put this line straight where it needs to be. So, trying to mask or put something on there to guide your saw because that's what I use. I use a saw and yeah, tape. Well, that's great, but it's not exactly hard. And so, if you're going, then it moves. If that that edge is not you know, yeah, it's not yeah, rigid, it will flex. And so we take it off and it's all curved. You know, it's not straight. So I just said, screw it. And I ordered up some Edward Mark 20s that I'm just going to put on it. Just got to paint them, weather them, put the decals on them and put them on. Little brazen brand, for the brand soul. New, huh? Brand new exacto yeah. blade. That's how you do brazen. curved services. All right, cool. Everyone's in work on something. That's a plus. Again, going back to, like I said earlier, with summertime rolling in, and trips and all that kind of stuff, man. It, we all, you know, we, we all know that from this. It's it, modeling kind of seasonal, you know. It, yeah, summertime ain't modeling season. <laughs> That'd be the winter. Yeah. yeah, it's too damn hot outside to be screwing around outside. Oh yeah, it, and I'll tell you what. I'm just glad I don't have to go into my uh, attic and replace the drain pan on my AC unit <laughs> like they had to do. Last year, that was crazy. I'm glad I don't have to do that. Woo. It's hotter. Than I Hades. went and uh, hotter than Hades up there. My father-in-law ah. was in town for my uh, oldest daughter's high school graduation, so we went and we played like golf. Africa hot over in uh, on Saturday, and man, it was just, it was brutal. I did nail a 60 foot putt though, and I actually what'd hit you, the ball pretty you, well. You, oh yeah, I forgot to ask you, what'd you shoot? I don't know. I said my golf bag, but I did par two holes, like no shit par them. What? And no so way. I was, yeah, I was pretty impressed. And uh, my father-in-law, even when I nailed that, when I nailed that sixty-foot putt, he was like, "Damn!" <laughs> he was like, "You read that green pretty good." And I was, my putting was pretty good that day too. But yeah, I just lined up for that sixty-footer and just, bink, and that sucker went went right on in. So, all right, the lessons are paying off. I've only had one lesson, so. Well, I still, you're, I still need to You're learn. natural. Put 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 doesn't count, man. <laughs> put put and top golf does does not make you Tiger Woods. Oh no, I still need some work. So. Hey man, I got I I know a guy who'll give you free lessons every day of the week. When he's but not it was working. fun. Yeah, when he's not cost, working. Yeah, when when he's not working. Yeah, that's true. You know, anyway. so I mean, it was good to get out there and hit it. But it was just too damn hot. It was like 85. See, that's why you need to be at your bench. Yeah. Yep. Nah, see, I, I, I love the heat. I'm the weirdo. I'm the weirdo of the bunch. Hates the cold, loves the heat. Like, it's June, and I still wear a sweater, like a sweatshirt in the morning. Because okay, I'm heat, cold, it, it, you know? There's, there's hot, and then there's, like, ridiculous humid yeah. 90. That That's just not, nobody likes that. Yeah, you are yeah, weird if you do. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like the the humidity. I don't mind because then no one likes and, swamp balls. But the heat, um, we well, got to manscape. You know, I mean, you know, you got to take care of yourself. <laughs> All right, that's PG thirteen ish. What kind of? Oh, we on can't. Side oh, uh, yeah. Oh my god, that's for the All after right, hours let's, episode. Let's, let's talk to some. Let's talk news because there's a lot of it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. All right, news. Uh, I'm going to cover this real quick. Uh, Triple P, the uh, Plastic Posse podcast, uh, the, their own John Bonani. Uh, this is kind of important. He's got he's running for IPMS USA second vice president, and not knowing all the ins and out workings of IPMS outside of being a member and going to the Nats. Uh, I guess that is the person position responsible for the coordination of the national convention of the Nats. So that's a pretty big deal. So and John's running for that. So let's uh. We'll, uh, he's probably got my vote. I oh like no, he's 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 definitely got mine. If I'm not mistaken, uh, John is he's he's been involved in that in the past. He's a okay. Great, well, great. great. He sounds like a great, great candidate, candidate for the job yeah. then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of Nats, we're getting in the window of just two months out from Nats. So if you're going, let's go ahead and get pre-registered. And also, uh, they're putting out the call for volunteers too. Um, so if you're heading that way, um, and, and are willing to throw some volunteer time their way for various positions. Uh, check out the um, 2021 Nats website. They have uh, all the, all the gouge on that. Uh, you get a, you get a t-shirt out of the deal for one thing. Yeah. They call that the uniform, right? The so, uniform, the uniform. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, new kits on the streets. You know, the only, uh, again, I, I'm rolling in off vacation, so don't crucify me if I'm not, up on everything that came out last week. I was busy on Panama City Beach uh, drinking beer and and swimming. Uh, but uh, uh, the 132 Special Hobby Westland Whirl- Whirlwind is, is one that jumps out at me just because I've always liked that airplane. It's kind of, you know, it's re- interesting airplane. And, you know, the, the look of it, uh, the twin engine. Engines almost look too big for it to begin with. Uh, and then the Entire nose just stuffed with cannons. It just has always been had some appeal to me. Um, I think Brett Brett Green already completed it. I think it. I think was it hyperscale. I remember seeing it, and it looked it looks really looks nice. Yeah. He did a really nice Roy, job. So it looks cool. I, I want to say Roy Sutherland on Barracuda was uh, he's in work on one as well. Um, any other new kits that you guys have uh, gotten your nah, head? I just bought a whole crap ton of kits uh, this week. But I, I don't know of any new other new kits. I'm sure there's some, but yeah, I, I it's part of the you know. I do have a couple I picked up for myself. Yeah, you know, speaking cool. of you, yeah. you know of what we got. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Horizon Models out of Australia, they had a uh, a pretty good oh, deal going on with um, right. some. Uh, let's see what they have. The uh, they had a deal going for the uh, Mercury uh, Redstone and Atlas. Their 70 second scale kits for 60 bucks. Both kits, um, shipping included, cool. from Australia. So, so good, easy, simple package deal. Boom, and it showed up in record time. I got to say, like within a week and a half, they they were at my door. And um, Gabe, uh, our buddy Gabe, he's a real space uh, enthusiast. His his, you know, I asked him, hey, how are these kits? And he couldn't say enough about them. How how nice they are. And sure enough, they show up here, and they yeah, they're just fantastic looking kits. And I'm looking cool. f- forward to uh, building one. You know, it's a big, always a the right stuff is a favorite movie of mine. So the Mercury program, and uh, whether it be the 
the movie or the TV show. The TV show a little less. That's kind of soap opera-ish, more than technical. Um, not that no. the movie version was very technical in itself, but no, those aren't. You know. Those are are those resin? Are those no, no. Are, See, are that's these... what I thought too. I thought they were resin, but they're not. They're injection molded. Really great looking. Yeah, I'll bring cool. them to the next meeting. Get a look at them. Um, no, injection yeah. molded, one seventy second scale. See, I thought those were those were multimedia kits, man. I didn't know that those were. Uh... They have some photo etch in them. Do they? Some really fine photo etch. Yeah, some nice but, stuff. But no resin. Uh, you know what? Nope. I, I would love to see. You know, talking about space stuff. I would love to see somebody come out with either. Well, I want to see. I I want to see the SpaceX stuff. There, there is nothing, you know, in in decent scale out there unless it's being done in a garage for any of the spacex you know yeah there are a couple of resin uh i noticed uh especially right after they had that first flight with the uh the crew dragon yeah what it's called when the first two fellas first two guys went up i would uh, love to have like right away there were 3d printed resin models on the um on, on ebay in 72nd and 48 scale um i don't they weren't very detailed you know they had basic surface finish and, and and you know decal sheets and stuff like that but as far as a yeah. kit manufacturing yeah i mean i'd love to see one of the falcon heavies man you know with the, th- the two yeah, and yeah. Stuff. that'd be cool but there was a um what was it npm has a was it 135th scale ah1 cobra coming out is it npm or hpm or it's, I, it's icm icm thank oh. you yeah icm's got that uh okay 35th scale ah1 cobra coming out Looks is that the good. early model? It's a 30 it is. scale. Yeah, the early one. All it's right, 35 second. or 32. Let's 30 Google second. That. Yeah, it's 30 seconds. Uh, okay. Which is kind of, yeah. um, you know, there you go. You know, these companies rolled into 135 helos, uh, breaking away from the 30-second scale pack that's already out there. Now, you know, so if you want to do a nice collection of Cobras, right up the line to the current, what did they get the zebra out there right now? Uh, yeah. You know, now, now you're going from 32 to 35 and we're back and forth and you know, it's, I don't, yeah, I think I they should why just they stick with 35, 35th mm. scale. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I don't know why they chose 32nd. I don't know, but maybe diorama wise, but uh, who knows? And maybe to go with other 32nd scale, yeah. you know, aircraft, but, the kit seems nice. I I saw a couple of reviews on uh, on YouTube, and looks pretty cool. Looks like they're going to do the later version as well. So I don't know what particular Cobra series, but one of the later versions. Um, and it looks to g- go together really nicely. So I I probably pick one up. Yeah, you know, I'd all, yeah. I've always wanted to do one of those Vietnam uh, Cobras. So there I seems think to be a there seems cool. to be a lot of that thirty fifth scale stuff. Uh, there's the uh, new. Uh, Border models 109, BF 109, too. In 30, yeah, not a fan. 35th should, scale, yeah. Thir- yeah. 35th is an armor scale. Oh, well, I understand that, a- but we're talking about going with dioramas and stuff. So there's a lot of the 35th scale yeah, armor guess, out but, there, right? Mm. Yeah, I'll probably pick one up. Just, I mean, I'm a 109 fan, so I'll probably pick one up just to see the, the, um, again, the reviews I've seen on, uh, of course, these are just out of the box. You know, pulling the plastic out of the bags, breaking bags, so to speak. Um, yeah. So you can't really tell how it fits, or you right. know, is it a is it a is easy build or not? Those Hasegawa thirty second scale one hundred nines are awesome. I, I I've built a yeah. couple of them. 
really dig them. But yeah, I mean, it it has all r- full like rivet detail, and it's. I, I was just kind of going decent. with the with the whole deal where you know people wanted to do dioramas. If you have Armored's thirty fifth scale, you have you know now thirty fifth one hundred nine coming in there. At, at what point do we have a thirty fifth scale? You know, P fifty one. <laughs> this chase of the 109 there's probably just, pretty yeah. soon yeah 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 you know so cool stuff man i i i'm all about it i i, I think that new scales and brings new stuff into the hobby is kind of cool so yeah all right well uh Whatever. speaking of 135th scale helicopters um yeah. <laughs> kitty hawk oh. did you get did, oh, did everyone Get out there and get their Kitty Hawk helos. Uh, um, I just grabbed the, uh, the uh, sixty hotel. I grabbed that one, right? Because the white I got the Romeo. Right. Yeah, I got I got one of the Romeos. I'm not and, pulling uh, the T on any of that stuff. I also bought about ten others. <laughs> nice. <laughs> then yeah. I, then you know, I, I mean, okay, yeah, you know, so the news is out I there. Know. Kitty Hawk's rolling up shop, and you know, so everyone's panic buying and and jumping out there and. Myself included. I uh, I bought two kits. I was gonna buy anyway. I picked up yeah. the Fury yeah. Dash Two and the Dash Three Fury, and um, you know, before they started getting crazy with prices. But realistically, those molds aren't going anywhere. You know, somebody no. up the street is gonna pick those up and roll with that. You know, I gotta think. You know, that's you know, I guess the word was that the owner of the company just decided that the hobby market wasn't for him anymore, and. Okay, done. See you later. And remaining wow. stock on hand will continue to be sold, but they're not going to be making any new kits. I mean, I picked up, you know, like a pretty wide range. I picked up like uh, the 48 scale Huey, um, the Navy version, you know, the Fury. Um, I think it was the Dash 3. I, I did get a GR1 on uh, on eBay, but it wasn't. It was pretty reasonable. I think it was like fifty bucks or something like that. And then uh, yeah. I've got I, a bunch of the thirty-second scale, uh, like the F5F, and the F5E, and like, I think I got the Bronco. I got there were like ten that I bought, but and, and it's not that. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever build them. I probably won't, but at least I'll have the option, <laughs> you know, yeah. to build them. <laughs> really yeah. would like to do a GR1. I, I really like to do a Jaguar, you know, Golf. Um, version but man i've just seen the the reviews and it's well, not an easy build you know i look at it like this yeah we've all seen the reviews and everything and then it's you know a lot of the um chatter was you know why is everyone lamenting the fact that they're going away you guys sit around and beat up on these kits day in and day out you know but the fact is that they make subjects that no one else is touching uh, for oh, me yeah. in particular you know, i like 50s navy era stuff and uh, you know so the cougar line the banshee the uh, Furies, you know, I, I love the fact that those guys jumped on those kits. Uh, kind of pulled the rug out from like Collect Air, the resin guys back in the day, who were the only producers of those subjects. Um, yep. You know, so I've built a couple of the Kitty Hawk kits. Uh, you know, I will say they're, they're not easy. They're not for, you know, to, don't give one to a beginner modeler. Um, but everything's workable, I suppose. And speaking of the Jaguar, the GR1, one of the things I would recommend is you picking up uh, old Mike Reeves makes some uh, fixes for the forward fuselage where they have all those doors that are opened up. Uh, He's got resin yeah. doors that, that just, you know, that are all closed. And so you don't have to hassle yeah. with fitting their ill-fitting panels 
into place. He's taking care of that for you, apparently. Um, but that is that's a kid I'd like to grab too, uh, and, and I they, will eventually. They're not they all going to disappear. They were sold out on you know Sprue Brothers was selling out pretty quick. Um, again, yeah. I, I bought kits that I had always thought about buying anyway, so I was like, well, I'll go ahead and pick yeah. them up just so that you know. And they were all fairly reasonably priced. Um, and 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 I have to admit, like even though I've um, had some issues with the SU twenty seven, I still was kind of like, God, they're really going. It, it kind of sucks that they're going out of business because in the hopes that that they would continue to improve. Because I think that yeah. the, the 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 later molds and the later kits that they came out with, they were much better than some of their earlier kits that they came out. So they were, they were improving. So you're like, Oh, that's great. They're listening. They're, they're starting to engineer their fit, fit a little bit better. The instruction sheets are getting better. I mean, everybody's, I, I, I would hope nobody would rejoice in Kitty Hawk, uh, going out of business. That is not that, that does anytime. That's not growing the hobby. And I think no, that's what I'm, I'm about there. growing yeah. the hobby. And yeah, so I, I was, I was, I was, I was, wasn't real thrilled that they're going out of business. I mean, that's, I'll take a kit that probably, that, like you said, Whitey, nobody else is building. Nobody else does a a, a forty eight scale, a nice, a decent forty eight scale. I mean, by the old Airfix GR one Jaguar, if you want to, yeah, good luck making that one. You think that's better than the Kitty Hawk kit? So you know, it's beggars can't be choosers. We can't sit there and complain about companies not coming out with kits. Then a company does, and then you're complaining about that. It's like, folks, it's yeah, just. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of time that the cost, the yeah. cost of the kit goes with the complaint. You know, there's the, all right, do I want to drop a yeah. hundred dollars on a kit? That's going to uh, not fit well. And I can agree with that completely, but then it comes down yeah. to you having the choice of to buy something or not, you know, exactly. Read the like reviews, they're not hold, yeah. Get, they're not read like the reviews, get a look to your at your head. buddies. Yeah. Yep. And if, if you decide that, you know what, that, that, uh, torturous process of building that, subject is not worth my hundred dollars you know or 150 whatever it may be yeah. you know i mean yeah. I, I mean we all have a limit to what we're going to drop on a model kit um you yeah. know on on or or any hobby on our fun like you know i mean uh how much did you spend on golf fees for one day of golfing you know uh, yeah you know, that, that's a couple kits probably you know sure. tossing a few yeah. beers at the clubhouse at the end too and now you're into yeah geez you're into a couple of uh you know Couple of Tamiya kits there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no <laughs> kidding. I mean, you want to go, you want to go play golf at some of the nice places. I mean, you know, green fees are, you know, they can run anywhere. I don't know, two fifty, I think, is about the most I've paid for green fees, and that's for a couple of hours of playing. You know, so yeah. I, I was, I, I hated to hear it, and uh, you know, I, I wish, you know, the the folks that that own Kitty Hawk, and you know, I, I it was just, it was sad to hear. Um, you know, and so it's, uh, you know, I don't like hearing the hobby when it's not growing and things are going out of business, whether it's a shop or, you know, a mom and pop store or a company. Yeah. Just, you know, just, you know, little, yeah, makes me a little I'm right sad. there with, yeah. and well, yeah. the, in the flip side of that is, uh, you know, like LL Cool J says, don't call it a comeback, but, uh, squadron, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Squadron's back right now. I mean, I, I believe today or yesterday they relaunched the site. The site is up and running. They're taking orders for what's in stock. And, uh, you know, and hopefully along with them, 
uh, along, you know, I, I wish them the best. I hope, you know, because oh, yeah. I, I think they're coming back into it, riding on that, that brand uh, name and, and, and logo. And I hope they can erase the reputation that it's had for the last couple of years and can get back to what the reputation of squadron was, uh, you know, back when we were kids and younger, yeah. uh, you know, when we looked forward to getting that printed catalog on our, on our doorstep or in the mail. Yeah. Well, the only, I'll go ahead and finish what I was saying earlier. I picked up the HH 60 H and the dash three fury from Kitty Hawk before those are gone. So sorry, man. That's all didn't good. Mean to, didn't mean to step on you there. No, nah, it's cool. Let's go. Darren, did you jump on the Kitty Hawk bandwagon in the last few days? I did not. Good for you. I did not, and I will not. <laughs> all right. Um, if I you want to buy a couple, <laughs> I got well, a few. I'll probably sell so, you. <laughs> so let me let me tell you. I agree with what you said earlier about uh, the subjects that they do. They, I mean the subjects they picked were out of this world and there's no one else out there doing that kind of stuff. You know, you guys are talking about their helicopters and some of their, their fifties era stuff. Yeah, that's great stuff. But you go to the Cougar. I, I hear the Cougar is almost unbe- unbuildable. I don't know. I'll find out. I have two of them that, I've got you know, one. <laughs> you know, and, and like I said, my draw there is fifties Navy era. Uh, you know, that's my, my that's one of my yeah. uh, favorite subject areas. So if those are the fellows that have the kits, that's you know, I, I, I pick them up, and you know, I've heard the same thing. Oh, they're unbuildable. But then I go to a show and I see one sitting there. Yeah, you know, and I go, all right, whoever did that, if they could do well, it, I certainly can. Phil did the uh, Edendard, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was a beautiful kit. And it, it was, yeah. it was beautiful. I mean, you've won many awards with that kid. It was, it was gorgeous. Uh, you've built some Kitty Hawk stuff, Whitey. You built uh, the, 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 uh, whistling shit can there, the H2. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and you won stuff with that. Uh, their helicopter subjects are amazing. There's, yeah. There's no, I mean, no I agree. I it. mean, you know, you see Gabe's in the middle of, uh, I don't know, one of the 60 series in 35th skill. He's, he's doing a bunch of scratch building on the interior. Um, you know, and again, you could point to that and go, well, you know, they built, uh, I don't, I don't know what version he's doing an F or an R. I think mm-hmm. he's, he, I think he's doing a, I think he's, he's doing a Bravo. Uh, okay. It's either it a Bravo or sonar. a Foxtrot. Yeah. I think so it has the sonar dipping, the dipping sonar yeah, in it. Pretty right? sure it's a Bravo. So, yeah. So that, all that entire gear has been omitted from the kit apparently. So Gabe is, yeah. you know, he's a fun, phenomenal scratch builder. So he's, went, oh, he's, yeah. he's gone ahead and. And has built the entire dipping sonar reel and yep. the uh, AW stations. Oh, that's um, beautiful. You know, because again, all that stuff was uh, has simply been omitted. Which I don't know. That, yeah, that would grind my gears if I bought that kit, hoping to have. Oh man, I want to have the door open, door open on the side with all that stuff displayed. And then, hey man, it's not even there. Well, you talk you know? about doors open. So you're talking about the Jaguar, right? With the doors and Mike Reese yeah. made the doors. Hmm. I haven't looked. Did Mike do anything for the uh, RF five, <laughs> shutting up the gun bay doors on those? Um, what I don't a pain! Think so. I don't in think the, he has pain in it. But yeah, that see, is, you, is trying to close. You've been those down on that road and trying okay. to put you know suitcase latches on the side of the freaking door that are supposed they're, they're clipped open. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, again, oh, it, I think it goes back to 
you know, they were getting better, they were improving, and it's just I, I don't know if by them leaving that that helps the hobby grow. So I just, you know, me, I, I, it is, is, is much issue that I've had with the SU 27, you know, with, with the things that I've kind of talked about I still don't, I don't wish any, anything bad on anybody or yeah. company, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of, it's unfortunate that they're going out of business. 100% and, agreed. You don't yeah, ever want to see just, a company fold. I mean, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Gabe's yeah, doing an F. The F's the one with the dipping sonar. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know. He ought to. Man, it's too bad he didn't make molds of that stuff. Yeah, man. He's doing a good job. Uh, let's see. Other news. Shows and contests are back, and they're happening. Um, I got a uh, email from Jeffrey Kruger out there at uh, IPMS Sacramento Silver Wings. They're sponsoring their third annual model expo and open cockpit day aboard the USS Hornet. Senior Air and Space Museum. Um, mark your calendars for this. It's out to uh, Saturday, October 23rd, 2021. So that's going to happen. So we'll plug that again as it gets closer. Um, and also, let's see, Scott Con. Not you, Scott, but Scott Con. So from Mike Riley, he's what? saying I'm, our Secretary I'm having, Treasurer. I'm having a contest? I You're having a contest. I didn't know. I didn't they they named a contest. contest after you, man. Oh, oh no. <clears throat> Goodness. So, uh, well, I, I got we got another email from Mike Riley, Secretary Treasurer, IPMS General Robert L. Scott Chapter, uh, down Warner Robins, Georgia. They're hosting the Scott Con 2021, September 25th, at the Museum of Aviation in Warner Robins, Georgia. So, if you've uh, you know, go ahead and mark your so there's two fall shows coming right there, September and October. Uh, and if you want info on other shows coming up, pull up the IPMS. Uh, website and they have a, a running list of updated uh, of events coming up uh we mentioned earlier darren just dropped mosquito con a little while ago that one's coming up real close in the future here we're going to try to make it up there for uh that's on july 31st yep july 31st absolutely yeah. and then don't we're going to try to head up to that one september 11th yeah. as well in uh pincon okay. oh yes that one yeah we'll yeah. have to go to that one absolutely that'll be good and while you're listening to this show, we, uh, we mentioned we're recording on a Tuesday. It's going to drop on Friday, um, Friday the eleventh. Uh, so Saturday, tomorrow, June twelfth. If you're in the OKC Metro area, OK, OKC MetroCon 2021 is happening. Um, and also June twelfth, uh, there's the Heartland Model Car Nationals. Uh, let's see where is that one located at exactly? Uh, that's out in um, Overland Park, Kansas. So again. If you want info on shows that are in your general area, the IPMS USA website's a good place to stop and check out their calendar. Uh, that's all I got for news for now. Okay, while you're li- sitting there at your bench listening to us go on and on, uh, know that there are other folks out there to listen to as well who uh, cover the topic of scale modeling in their podcast. Darren, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about those guys? Yeah, man, no problem. Uh if uh, you folks out there enjoy listening to us and would like to hear even more modeling discussion while you're sitting at your bench, then uh, take the time to download any of the other scale modeling-related podcasts that are out there. Uh, each one of these guys has their own take on the hobby, and they all cover a wide range of modeling topics and subjects. Uh, we have out of Australia down there with uh, Dave and the Podfather, Ian and Julian. They're at On the Bench. Uh, Mike and Dave are over in Kentucky with Plastic Model Mojo. 
You have Scott, TJ, Doug, and John. They run the Plastic Posse podcast, a.k.a. the Triple P. And then our Canadian neighbor, Stuart Clark, he heads up the Scale Model podcast along with hosts Jeff, Terry, and Anthony. And then there's James and Malcolm out of the U.K. would just make him conversation. Uh, I'd also like to uh, mention my favorite blog out there, Sprue Pie with Frets by Stephen Lee. So uh, check him out if you get a chance. Uh, I'm sure you'll all enjoy uh, the content, and uh, you can find all the links to those places in the show notes below. And real quick, uh, I would also like to ask a favor. If you would please take a moment and throw us a five-star rating and a comment on whatever podcast platform it is you download and listen from uh, this, you know, it's not a plea for, you know, charity, but more help. It helped us out in a couple of ways. First, it boosts the podcast up in the rankings. And when that happens, we move closer to the top of the list. In turn, when scale modeling podcasts are searched, we appear closer to the top of the search which helps other modelers out there easily find us, as well as the other podcasts. So do the same for them. You can also help us spread the word by sharing this episode with your modeling buddies out there on social media. Uh, I'm sure there's some of those folks out there that have never heard of podcasts. It could be true. And uh, that would help us out a lot. So uh, thanks a lot in advance. I appreciate it. Another favorite segment. That I, that I like that we added is this hobby shop shout-outs. Um, our very own Brett Laydig of our local club here in Southern Maryland, Southern Maryland Scale Models, he, uh, he's been making frequent t- trips down to Fayetteville, North Carolina, a.k.a. Fayetteville, uh, and he hits up uh, Hayes Hobby House in Fayetteville. He calls it an old-school hobby shop. So coming from Brett, he's a Chicago guy. He, he knows old-school uh, so he's uh, he, he recommends that if you're in that area of Fayetteville, uh, go ahead and pop in and check those guys out. And also, uh, Jeffrey Kruger again. Uh, I'm going to circle back here on the Loose Caboose in Napa, California. It is indeed a real shop and a nice one. So says Fight of Town Decals, Brian Plesia. Uh The original shout out was sent in by Jeff. And uh, I just wanted to ensure that that shop did get its due respect. Uh, Great shop. I popped up on their uh, website and got a look at it. And uh, indeed, if you're out in Napa, hitting up the wine tours and eating some great food, uh, stop into Brian's house. He's invited us all over for dinner. <laughs> cool. <laughs> nice. Um, now, Scott, maybe, speaking of steaks, green light, Brian, green light, Brian's house. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, a, good. maybe, a, maybe a decal or two. <laughs> maybe. Couple hey, Brian, cheeks. what's that over there? Um, what's that but speaking of uh you know hobby shops scott you did a little uh tour of some uh recently give us give us the update on that man yeah let me so i i for the first time and i don't know how long i went on leave so i went went to old stomping grounds in the hill country to um to san antonio and austin corpus area and uh visited a couple of the old hobby shops and it was fun, man. It was a good time. So I hit up Hill Country Hobby in San Antonio, which was absolutely amazing. And uh, what a great little shop. If, you, if you're if you looking for a cool hobby shop, you're on vacation or you're just in that area, go check out Hill Country Hobby in, in San Antonio. Just fantastic shop. Um, lots of paints, tools, supplies, kits, all the good stuff. Um, then, of course, I had to hit up Dibbles. Dibbles is an old uh hobby shop there in san antonio as well but again great 
kick uh, selection. Just really great people, um, and uh, it's it's been around for several years. And um, Hill Country is pretty new, actually. Um, but Dibbles has been around for years since I was like in my teenage years. You know, it's good times. So Dibbles is a great place if you look. They have a good selection of kits, super extensive. If you're into um, railroad, they have some experts there in Lionel. Uh, railroad stuff so if you're needing you've got an engine that needs to be worked on i know my dad has got an old line l engine that occasionally needs to do uh, have some maintenance done to it and i think the gentleman's name is mike and uh he does a fantastic job with with fixing my dad's trains um yeah i recall being in that shop with you down there when we went down for uh model fiesta that time yeah and you know not knowing a thing about model railroads myself i i, I recall a fellow coming in there with an old uh, what are the large scale ones is that is that not n scale is that n scale uh, i, I want to say it's like o- really th- maybe those... uh, yeah i can't remember i'm not yeah. a railroad guy my dad's gonna crucify me for not knowing what the size of the big ones but they're the big like the big line yeah, like o scale like o scale yeah. like 148 and yeah, yeah and you know, and had some Pretty old big. engine in it, and the guy looked at it and was like, "Yeah, I can fix this for you, no problem." <laughs> and, and the and the the customer was amazed that he could, or that he even knew yeah. what the guy was lo- that what he was looking at. You know, yeah. so I mean, okay, Roger. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a great great place for. But they had great uh, selection of kits too, um, and uh, and and it's just an old time. Even smells like an old hobby shop, you know. So it's it's uh, it's just kind of fun to go to. Then up the road. Um, you know, hit, uh, my, uh, a new hobby shop. I want to give a plug real quick, uh, to Rudy Klein. Um, Rudy uh, used to work over at Kings and he started up, um, Lionheart and Kyle. And if you want great customer service, incredible selection of kits, paints, tools, um, I know that, uh, that is that is like the shop to go to. Uh, I was very impressed. I've known Rudy for a long time, and uh, I mean he's doing an absolute fantastic job. So if if you're in Kyle or in, over there in the neck of the woods of San Marcos or New Braunfels, Austin, San Antonio area, it's worth it to give Lionheart uh, a shot and go by and see what Rudy's got. So um, again, just great people there, um, and Danielle. Uh, I think that, you know, she's, uh, helping Rudy run the business. I think they're uh, partners in the, in the business and, uh, they're just two great people. So Rudy and Danielle, again, thank you for, um, for being so hospitable. And we had some great conversation and I'll have to throw up a picture or two, um, that I took when I was there. So anyway, thank you to the Rudy and Danielle for taking care of me. And again, it's a great shop, just fantastic kits, paints, all the stuff. And they've got, um, some uh some games there as well um so but very particular kind of um you know catering to the modeler which is which is great uh so those were my uh shops that i went to of course uh had to hit kings and when i was in austin uh different location but um you know the people were still very friendly um so again just a shout out to kings uh there in austin if you're in austin uh, looking for a hobby shop you can always dial up kings so um, that was my trip. It was awesome. Uh, it rained when we were going to the Alamo, but it was still fun and, uh, you know, had a, had a great time and it was definitely over too soon, but hopefully we'll, we'll be back in that neck of the woods in 2023 when they have nationals in San Marcos. So, uh, I think, we're amen, brother. That. Yeah. Amen. It's going to be great. 
Yeah, it'd be good times. We'll be but back home. My, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out to Kyle in that new place out there for uh, Lionheart. Oh, uh, it's you'll you will you will be impressed. It's a small shop, but he has got quality paints, quality kits, quality books, quality decals, quality supplies. You know, there was a place uh, when I grew up. So I grew up in New Braunfels, and there was a hobby shop we had up by the uh, tube chute just across from uh, King Schlitterbahn. Yeah, well, it is now. That's I mean Schlitterbahn. Now you might as well just pay a ticket when you come in off Seguin Street off of I thirty five and yeah, yeah, and, and, and pay an admission. But uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember the name of the Dad Gum Hobby Shop that was there. It was the only one we had in town, and uh, that was when I was in high school. Of course, I was way involved in things I shouldn't have been when I was in high school, and I mean. You know, I went to the hobby shop every now and again, but I just can't remember the name of to save my life. But uh yeah, I think New Braunfels is another great place would really sustain a good hobby shop there and that, that area there as well. But Yeah, I anyway, think like I said I wish uh, I was home. <laughs> best best of luck to 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 Rudy and Danielle with Lionheart. Uh they're just really good people. I mean, all, all the folks that I that I visited, all the hobby shops that I visited, whether it was Hill Country, Dibbles, Kings Lionheart, it, it's just, it's the South. The, the people are just friendly. So they're just a really good group of people, um, fun to talk to. Um, yeah, I miss I miss uh, having a, a shop like that. It makes me miss Piper even more, you know. That was, that was, uh, that was tough when Piper went away. So anyway, um, that was my trip. It was good. It was fun. All right, there you go. There's your extended version. Hobby shop shout out to <laughs> yeah. this this week's episode. Uh, no, but that's good, man. Whenever we go on the road, we got to give an after action report and uh, tell tell the places that we've gone to. Uh, nothing down in Panama City, by the way. I, I did oh, Google bummer. and check. Uh, closest one two hours away, our buddy John over there in Pensacola, John's models. Wow. But I didn't make the trip over there. I was uh, I was on the beach and I wasn't driving anywhere. <laughs> All right, tool and tip of the week. You know what? I picked up a new tool a couple of weeks ago that I wish I had a year or so ago when I was building that DC-130A and using that old flight path photo etch that is like solid brass. Um, I was actually having to use my Dremel tool to cut pieces from the frets <laughs> on that thing because uh, I, I wore out the uh, – I have a – I used to – well, it's gone now because of this. I had a nice, sharp, flat, I think it was an XL-branded um, um, you know, blade that I was using as a, as a chisel, practically, to, to bust, it, you know, bust the, the, the sprue gates, for lack of a better term, on, these, on the frets on this thing, and it's just horrible. Um, the minute I got these Zeron cutters in the mail, the first thing I did was pull out the spare photo etch that I had from that set, from that flight path set to, to run a test on them. I was like, all right, let's see how well these things really do work. And I can attest that they do work very well. Um, the thing to be cautious is, uh, is item number 9180ET, 9180-ECHO-TANGO. There's a similar set of cutters with the stock number of just 9180. And apparently they look the same, but uh, they're a little wider, so they don't fit uh, as, as closely as us modelers would like 
uh, up against a, a piece of uh, fine photo, which like what you see in the Eduard recent uh, sets that they're coming out with. But if you do a lot of photo etch work, and again, these things are kind of, you know, for me anyway, coming right at a time in modeling, I think where we're going to see photo etch phased out and 3D printing stuff phased in or, uh, you know, because I'll be honest with you, I don't think I ever, I don't see myself touching photo etch seatbelts in the future. If somebody's going to be making those 3D printed ones, that's what I'm rolling with. Uh, and I think Eduard is rolling, is along the same thought process themselves. I mean, that's, that's yeah, what man. they're coming out with, you know, so. Yep. I just, but at I just any wonder rate, how thick, I just wonder how thick they are. That's the only, I, I'd love to get, I need, I've got a couple. I just need to use them and see how they look on the seat. But, well, you know, they're thicker than decals. So, I, I'll you know, tell you, probably yeah. look good. The, this is, I'm, I'm going to go back to Quintos and don't tell me I'm cheating <laughs> because you, we you, all you know, know about cheating. But now, do they make seatbelts? They, absolutely. In their sets? That, that is they part do, of it. Yeah. Yep. And, and that yeah. is, I, I'm going to say Quintos is the standard because they started it. Edward followed, and now you have Red Fox. That are doing yeah. those, and Red Fox seems to be a little bit more. Well, hey, you know what? We could go back to H. Was HGW? <laughs> they were doing a a more flexible type belt. You're talking to them, them fabric type. Of- they were fabric type, yeah. right? I think that's what actually got the ball rolling when it comes to that type of seatbelt. But uh, Quinto started the resin print ones, and that they're they're good, man. I mean, I like them. I agree. And I use I mean, Edward Metal. From what metal. I've seen pictures of. Yeah. I use Edward Metal, and I like them. And, Scott, you used them here not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. And it had just good depends things to say. Some are, uh, I mean, I think most of their PE belts are pretty decent. Yeah. Um, you Some of the coloring looks a little pixelated sometimes, yes. you know. Yes. But, uh, but and they're the, like, hard the ones to match. I, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the ones that I used on, on the one oh nine uh, the one ninety looked great. Yeah. They look really good, but there was another set I used on like I wanna say it was like on a P forty seven or something, and they just yeah. they were pixelated real bad and the padding yeah. looked it, it looked like, you know, it was more of a sticker than say some photo etch. Yeah. yeah. Well the Quinto seems to bend a little bit better and the fact that it goes down with PVA glue, which dries clear, I, I like a little bit better than the super glue. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's just personal preference, I think, on my part, because to me, super glue gets to be a little bit messy sometimes. Uh, there's the PVA another, I can clean up with water. I'm sorry, Frill. There's a Kids World. They're getting into the um, decal slash resin water slide seatbelts, too. Benny had some at the last meeting in his Hawker Hunter, yeah. and they look good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot easier to handle than using photo etch. I think it's, uh, I think it's something that's going to really, you know, take off. It's in like you said, Whitey, the the PE PE belts are probably going to be gone before too long because I think this is going to take over as well. Yeah, I think PE definitely for the um, belts, and then but a, a lot of the armor stuff, you know, those sets where you have. Um, you know, those guys got a lot of boxes to be folding and bin storage deals. And, you know, if you can 3D print something and you can, that looks better, then then definitely you're going to roll with that. Vice bending a bunch of flat pieces, um, you know, because that's, that's a 
no, I don't know of anyone that really likes doing that. You know, we're going to talk about decals later on. And most people hate doing decals, but people really hate messing with photo etch. No, I know my I, dad, when he used to get a kit with photo etch in it, he'd, he'd come right up the street to me and hand it to me and be like, here, you want this stuff? Because I'm not going to use it. I you know, agree. He didn't have any time That's for funny. it. I agree. But I mean, going back to these, uh, these shears, whenever you're looking at doing something like a, uh, you know, an intake screen or, you know, something of that nature, uh, these shears, I got a, I got a pair of them in my hand right now. And yeah, I'll be using other stuff besides a set of whatever photo etch Fred I have. I mean, they're, they are true 10 snips. I mean, they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, you got to be really careful. Now, I don't want to get these confused with this orange, you know, Zuron uh, nippers. Those are junk. The, right, right. And, and yeah. I'm not a big Zuron fan, but uh, when it comes to these, these are money. You're you're right. The the, the photo etch nippers are just out of this world, man. You got to be yeah. careful too, because you'll if you get too close, you'll really you could cut a a hair off of that that fret if you're not <laughs> yeah. careful, man. <laughs> All right, so this is your tool and tip for the week, folks. If you see those things, grab them. Uh, I, as Darren mentioned, I I can see them being you know useful outside of the realm of photo etch frets. Uh, there are definitely other uses in house for them. All right, mail call. Mail call. I got the mail boy watch this week, and here's what we got. In fact, just a little while ago here on Tuesday night at uh, around about 7.30 p.m., uh, Craig Bomber dropped us the line asking about flat spots on tires. We talked about that in one of our previous episodes, and I did a practically horrible video demoing the technique on how to do it with your iron. Um, that wasn't horrible. Well, I mean, it was good. Like I said, it's not the most uh, fun process to, to do. I'm, but, uh, I'm pulling my pancake griddle out and doing my damn uh, F4. I still want to test the pancake griddle. <laughs> Who bought it? Is got by a pancake griddle? I, I, we have one. I have Allison one. got it from her. Uh, she got it from her mom. It's a nice big like flat i could totally do like a 30 second scale hornet or tomcat so it'll do anything 48 scale yeah it's All right well it's, we're, we're we'll running to, we gotta test it out and mine's <laughs> teflon i'm not using no wax paper or parchment paper i'm sending a sh- i'm sitting right on the teflon man all, All right, right well, you know, we're down here in pax river test and evaluation <laughs> is our livelihoods Figure so we're, we're running tests on that griddle uh, i'm, at I'm some gonna point. paint my griddle orange and white man <laughs> okay, well, be careful you don't use flammable paints. Okay, so Craig's wondering. I am. I still am. It's going to just be cool, man. Craig's question is on um, carrier-based aircraft, something we're kind of familiar with here, particularly you, Darren, because um, his question uh, is about, I read somewhere that F-18 mainland gear tires are like 385 PSI. How much of a flat spot would a carry-based jet have versus a shore-based jet? Um, my quick, downy, dirty answer on that is a flat spot where the aircraft sits. Not a, no bulging, but a flat yeah. spot. Uh, but you guys want to yeah. expand yeah. on that, any? So that that's I think that's a great question. And uh, 
There is a big difference. Now, it, I'm not going to speak to pressures because I don't remember what it is. I do know that whenever we sent them out to bounce on the boat or when we went on a, on deployment, yes, we did increase the pressure on the, the mains a lot. That said, and, you know, I don't want to uh, – these are not tires of World War II or even tires of Korea that would actually give you a bulge – when they set under the weight of the aircraft, even if you had a lot of pressure in them, uh, these new tires, they don't do that. So are they perfectly round sitting on the deck? No, there is some sort of flat spot, but there's not really a bulge if they're carrier based. I don't even know that there would be a bulge if they were shore based at this point. You know, uh, you might see a little bit of deformation, but in scale, I don't know that you would really pick it up. No. Now, they you wouldn't know, be I mean, perfectly can... round. Please, don't get me wrong. If they're sitting perfectly round where you see, you know, just a hair touching the deck, you've got a problem. There needs to be yeah, some I sort mean, of flat again, spot. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, when we talked about that subject before, it was like, you know, you get a pretty toy-like look when, yes. when, you, when you have something like that going on. Exactly. And uh, and that's what we're all trying to avoid here. I mean, you don't want a marble or a a wood wheel sitting on a piece of glass. And that's what you would get with a kit with a kit wheel. I, that's yeah. just not the way it is. You want to have like it, some facsimile of it sitting on the ground. So, and I think Frill actually earlier when we were discussing this uh, this email, he he was talking about regular tires, and that's uh, he had a perfect analogy. You know, it's just like uh, a car sitting on on the deck. I know my truck, which I run like eighty five psi in my in my my three fifty, opposed to yeah, it's high. Opposed what to is, my what's it called for? Eighty eighty. What's on the door 85? frame? Okay, eighty five. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought you were going. Yeah. To, you know, opposed to my wife's Subaru that's got. You know, thirty-five. There's a big difference there in the way it's set. So, well, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, Craig, I hope that answers your question there. Just give it a slight flat spot. Yep. You know, you don't want to be riding high. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. Now, helo ties are a whole different story, right? Nemo? Well, helo ties, and you know oh, what yeah, else? <laughs> Fifty-three tires would they would even even sixty. Um, especially the tail wheel, yeah. they'll bulge. Yeah. They'll they will actually bulge yeah. quite a bit. And um, and I I say that in joking, but it's actually important because you got to remember those guys are sitting there as well. And if you're building a, you know, a Romeo or a, a hotel sitting on deck, it's this 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 is uh important. Yeah, most some of the H fifty three like I can't remember what show we were attending. And a guy had a really nice built H53. And he had, I mean, he even drooped the blades, you know, beautiful paint job. And he, it looked, the wheels were, <laughs> there were zero flat spot, zero bulge. It just looked a little goofy. It just, it looked like a toy rather than a model, just from the simple, not, you know, creating the, the, flat spot or the bulge on and i grant it that's tough right because you know so you've got um you know what is it uh one two three so six tires that you need to create the flat spot if you try to do those with just sandpaper trying to get the right flatness on each yeah i got it it's a pain so that's where the i think the griddle or the iron 
that's where it comes in handy. So, cause it did, it looked a little goofy. It's kind of like to me, you know, not having the flat spot on the tire on a helo is like not drooping the blades. It just yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't look right. It just doesn't look right. Well, let me tell you too, that, you know, making sure your flat spots are even, uh, I'm going to go back to the pancake griddle and I'm looking at frill when I say this <laughs> to make sure that everything's sitting symmetrical, right? And your wings yep. are level. If you've got one that's higher than the other one, you know, flat spot that we're going back to Roanoke there, Frillo. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you think about it, though, take, for example, a C-130. Go look at yeah. a C-130 on a flight line, and I'll bet you a $100 bill that is not sitting wings level. No, they're all Because of leaning. the fuel is in the wings. Yep. And the way the fuel imbalance yep. causes one side to droop. Or same with the P3. P8, go out same there way. You could walk out to a P3 and see, oh, yeah, I got more gas on the left side than I do the right side. Or it could be wind. Wind blowing across the vert. I mean, yeah. I've seen the P8 sitting out there on jack, sitting at an angle, too, right? Well, so, P8 special. So It is special. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Beat that dead horse again. Flat spots on wheels, man. And that goes for your vehicle, guys, too. Think about it. All right, uh, got another email here. Tim Calhoun out of Greensboro, North Carolina. He's hitting us up. Uh, says he loves the podcast. Coming back into modeling after about 20 years or so. Welcome back to the hobby. Um, he's a retired uh, Air Force crew chief, F-16 guy, Scott. So there you go. Uh, cool. Well, 15 years of, of uh, experience on those. So thanks for listening in, Tim. And uh, questions on the hobby. You got uh, us to listen to. You got the other podcasts out there. Catch up. Uh, get back up to speed on the hobby. A lot has changed. Uh, as you heard previously, probably when we were talking about photo etch stuff and resin printed stuff. And holy cow, there's just, you know, it's a good time to be coming back into the hobby for sure. Um, and another email from, um, this is good to see, dad and son. Uh, Dan and his son, Hank, Norfolk. Uh, they asked about Prisma uh, pencils, Prisma and AK pencils. We were talking about those in our last tools and tips, uh, you know, for chipping. And um, Scott, I believe you hit them back on some pretty good info on that. Uh, but it's great to hear yeah, dad and son yeah. working on models together. Uh, that's proof to proof enough to me that the hobby is not dying. Uh, <laughs> someday I'll get my 22-year-old daughter to come in here and build those Bandai Star Wars <laughs> kits that, that Santa Claus brought her last year. Yeah, uh, Don't see that happening anytime soon, but uh, but good. Uh, thanks for listening in there, Dan and Hank. Uh, keep up the good work. Thank you all for writing in and dropping us a line here on the uh, at our uh, email uh, and also on our Facebook page. If you've got a question or a comment, you can hit us up there too. Um, contact at modelgeekspodcast.com is our email. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and drop us a line, email or on the Facebook page, feel free to do so. We look forward to reading your comments. Uh, ideas suggestions or if you've got a question about the hobby as these fellows here did all right let's get into our main topic here tonight we're going to talk uh decals or decals or decals decals yeah again back to this pronunciation thing <laughs> all right so following up our interview with jeff martin of furball aero design in episode 11 now that you have that nice set of decals and you're nearing the finish line of your latest masterpiece how do we get those stickers onto the model? Um, 
I, I air quote stickers because I got a, a story about that real quick. Um, growing up, I mentioned before how we all used to hang out in the basement building models, all our friends in the neighborhood and stuff like that on crappy days. And uh, <clears throat> my buddy across the street, Johnny Barnes, uh, we're, we're building like P40s, I think, monogram P40s. And he's over there in the corner scratching away like he's got like the winning lottery ticket going over there. And uh, he starts swearing like a like a Dutch as the kid does. And, and we're like, dude, what's the matter over there? Like, you know, he's like, man, these stickers ain't coming off the paper. And he's like, <laughs> he's, just, he's just wearing it out with his fingernails, man. So we're all like, dude, you don't, you don't scratch them off with your finger, man. You, you cut them out, you dip them in the water, like the thing on the back says. Um, so, but anyway, there are several how tos out there and articles written on the topic of applying decals. Um, well, let's get let's talk about the geeks and what our process is. Or in the case of Scott, how does he avoid decals altogether? Because we all know he hates them. Um, and to a degree, I, I mean, I agree with you. As far as if I could avoid them, I, I will. Um, I think anything you know, you do a lot of thirty-two skill stuff, and definitely, if I was a thirty-two skill, you know, an avid thirty-two skill builder, that's where I'd be too. Um, yeah, I'm not going to yep. try to do masks on a forty-eight scale A four though. Um, I got wow. a Tamiya 32 scale mosquito sitting above my head in the rafters and that I do have sets of masks for, cause I'm not going to put decals on that thing. That's all going to be paint. Um, so for me, let's, you know, when I come up with this, you know, we, we always, you know, you're thinking about topics and stuff like that. And, and, and our, our interview with Jeff is what led me to go, you know what? I might as well just roll into decaling because we just talked about, uh, decal sheets and stuff like that. So for my own, I do personally enjoy the decaling process on a kit. Um, not because of uh, necessarily, I, I, I'm going to love how, you know, dealing with silvering and I'm going to love uh, slathering, you know, solvents all over my paint job. You know, that's not what I like about decaling. What I like about it is that it's, for me, it's like, okay, I'm getting to the end. The, uh, the, the final, the picture's coming together um, you know, in the case of something that's colorful, it's, it, it, you know, that, that awesome tail markings going on, um, in the latest completion with the S3, uh, you know, even though it's a dull color, you know, for me getting that big triangle of VS 22 decal in place without it, you know, coming apart was, uh, an achievement, you know, so that, 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 those are the kinds of things I enjoy about decaling. Um, now you could talk about you know, stenciling, uh, you know, I know a lot of people hate that. And, you know, we talked about phantoms quite a bit here on the episode and phantoms, are, you know, stock full of stenciling, you know, Tomcats as well. A lot of st- subjects that we mess with um, to a degree. I enjoy that as well, but it has to be in the right. I have to be in the right frame of mind for it. To me, it's morning time, cup of coffee, listening to a podcast and rolling out, you know, cutting out 20 no steps at a time <laughs> and dipping them in the water, <laughs> dipping them in the water and using your fine tooth, br- you know, you find your, your fine uh, pointed brush to, to line them up and, and go, you know, and that, and that, that to me is somewhat therapeutic, uh, to be honest with you. I, 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 I dare say I, I kind of enjoy that, but it, it's, it's not something I'm going to do late on a Friday night after watching my hockey team lose and I've had a couple of beers, that's not going to put me in the right frame of mind. I'm not going to be geared to doing it then. Um, 
you know, so, but it, as far as, you know, my own personal process just of, of decaling, you know, the stuff that I use, uh, my go-tos, um, my, the Microsol stuff, the Microset and the Microsol are my chief setting and solvents right there. Uh, stick to the, you know, and again, that's probably old habit. Um, those were the first ones I've ever used. You know, years ago when we were kids, you know, decal solutions wasn't even something on my radar. You know, you used the monogram decals that were in the box. They always had that weird film of white glue with them sometimes that you weren't sure was going to go away. Sometimes it didn't. It would turn yellow the next day. And, you know, you have a mess on your hand. Um, but, and then the other solvents you're, that I've you're run make, into. You're making my the, case for why I hate decals. Right? I, yeah, you know, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, it's just right. uh, yeah, I'm, I it they just you know, but but however, I am completely with you that you know as much of a pain and it's because there's very r- little room for error. Uh, exactly, that's why we love that's why we love furball so much and we love cartograph because your your room for error is large with them. They they are very forgiving, and w- when I put all the stenciling on the Tomcat. It was, it was, it actually was enjoyable and because the result was so good, you know, and, and with very little effort, I didn't have to stress silvering and that's yeah. all I, that the only reason why I hate decals is that chance that I'm going to have some silvering on some decals. Yeah. I know how to take care of it, but it's just, you know, it, you, you wonder about that one, you know, troublesome decal, that one area that just whatever reason it just didn't have the the correct the the surface wasn't prepped right whether you know whether because you know the way I, i'll get into it later but the way i do decals i don't use a gloss coat i mean i just polish the surface um yeah. and i use a particular paint and that's just what i do but anyway i i just wanted to say i i actually you know i just it's the only reason why i i'm not a big huge fan of the decal process is because of the very little room for error and it's the silvering in the end, you know, that's no, so those are the yeah. two enemies of decaling right there is what you yeah. said is, um, you know, the, the room for error. I mean, you know, countless people have had a decal, you know, a one-off decal, maybe that, you know, okay, this is it right now. This is, um, yep. You know, the guy either, you know, the, whether the particular pilot's name or the particular marking, you know, you know, nose out or something for that particular, you know, and then it folds over and crinkles up and then you'll, you, you know, it, you're left to have to go blow another $15 or something on a kit or get on yeah. one of the forums and ask. And, and that's, you know, you know, I'm always willing to give up a, a decal if someone's looking for it. If I have it in the stash and I see someone, oh, my God, this thing just rolled up on me. Hey, man, stand yeah. by. I have an extra. I'll mail it to you. You know, um, but yeah, silvering and decals coming apart, rolling up on you, et cetera, that um, application mistake. Yeah, those are the enemies of, of decaling. Um, more so for me, it's, you know, I think at this point in the game, I'm kind of comfortable with applying whatever decal I need to. Um, so my chief concern whenever it comes to decaling is, isn't the application process. It's the silvering part of it and uh you know just the for those out there listening that or you know what are they talking about what the hell is silvering uh it's when you get a an area under the decal where there's either air entrapment or a void or something to where you're getting light reflecting back on from underneath the decal and you shouldn't be 
Uh, and there are ways to fix that. And, uh, you know, we, we can, we'll discuss that here. Um, but get, getting back to setting solutions, you know, I, again, the Microsoft, the Microset are my go-tos. And then, you know, sometimes you're running across a decal. It's a little bit more difficult, doesn't want to suck down. So that's where I'll get that, uh, the solver set out. Or more recently at this, uh, the Tamiya Mr. Mark fit or standby. Yeah, I think it's the yeah, Tamiya the t- um, t- Mark fit yeah, strong. Mark fit, strong. Yeah. yeah, Mark fit. Uh, yeah, not, well, not to be confused with the um, with the Gunzy. Uh, don't th- is this called Mr. Mark fit as well or something? Something to that. I, line? Yeah, I, you know, I I can't remember because I I, I don't, I don't the, have any old, of it, so that's why I don't. I use the old Microset Sol and then um, solve a set if I need a little hotter yeah. um, solution. But yeah, I know. I mean, Gunzy does uh, Mr. You know they do make some stuff that's pretty good. Uh, there you Frill's go. Frillo's got, got it. it. Oh, yeah, Mister Mark Softer, Mister Mark yeah. Setter. Yeah. So which one do you use first on that line? In that line, Frill. How are they set up? You'll use the setter first, and then the well, the softer second. Yeah. Just like yeah, Microset, Microsoft. How- I didn't know when I first got it. And so searching around and I guess, yeah, like Scott said, you use the setter first and the softer second. And so, because I'm stupid, I went and wrote a number one on the, on the Mark setter and I wrote number two on the Mark softer. So that way I know which go. one you put Shit first, mate. which one you put second. Shit mate, that ain't stupid. I still got an L and an R on my socks and my shoes. Don't, don't, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> one's red and one's green brother i know which one i gotta put on first and i still like i'm like okay red right red left the red left they went somewhere so red goes on the left not red right it's the opposite of red it's not red right it's red left right so in yeah. frills holding up right now mark fit and mark fit strong in Tell them about it there, Frillo, because I was going to say the same thing. I went over. I thought I had um, to. I found that. So, like, Tamiya, this stuff works really well on Tamiya decals. So, if you use Tamiya decals, it's like stuff's made for their decals. And so, Amen, I usually, if I have to use something from a Tamiya kit, because, you know, Tamiya's famous for having, notoriously famous for thick decals. So, um, I'll use that. I'll use the mark fit first and then I'll let that dry. And if I need to have it hunker down some more, then I'll put the mark fit strong on. I usually get pretty good results on Tamiya decals using that. Not, so I think now, I have, have you used much... them with other brands of decals yet. Um, no, I haven't. I mean, these are like brand new. I haven't even opened them yet. Yeah. No. So, All right. So we, I, I want to touch real quick on a couple things. First, the four. You talk about the uh, solvents, and I saw a post here not too long ago, and it might have been, actually, it might have been a private message, but somebody was talking about their paint getting screwed up because they used Microsoft or Solvacet. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, oh, and yeah. And it was, that was around um... the decal area. So I want to let people know that's a solvent. And yeah. if you put it over a clear coat and you let it pool, Right. It will affect your clear coat. Yeah, especially if you're using like um solve a set. I guess it's uh that's the it hot solve stuff. set. That's yeah. the hot stuff. Yeah, you yeah. gotta be yeah. real yeah, yeah real there liberal with the, don't or, or don't use it very don't use much of it. That's you know, right. Very yeah. light, 
you, you know, do not yeah. want that to pool. If it pools, no, it will burn your eat. decal. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll, it'll, it'll burn your it. paint. Yeah. And, yeah. and, yeah. and solvent set will too. If you let it pool and you let it sit there overnight, a lot of people will put solvent set on their decals and let it sit overnight and say, oh, I'm going to come back in eight hours and see what it looked like. And they got a big booger. Be careful. Exactly. Yeah. Do not let you know, that stuff pool. The just, same thing applies to decals as you do when you paint is surface prep. And yeah, true. And I've, and I've been famous for this before too. You get in a hurry, you're coming along, you know, you're, it's coming out great. You're excited what's going on. And you go and you, like, I usually use Tamiya X22 for my clear coat because I use oil based washes. And there has been times when I've been in a hurry and I shot Tamiya X22. And we all know it's an acrylic, and acrylics take longer to dry. And if that acrylic right. is not fully cured, when you go to put even um, Microsol and Microset, it will cause the, un- the the clear coat to get cloudy and to right. like stain. Which, right. if that happens, it's not the end of the world because all you gotta do is go over it again with the X22, and it goes away. But to rushing and not letting your clear coat if you use a clear coat dry long enough will lead to problems as well exactly and that comes to that stuff pooling sitting on there right because it's still soft and that goes and also goes back to what scott told me before was there ain't no shortcuts no you gotta wait patience right so all that's coming into play at this point the next is the silvering so the silvering is an adhesion issue right Yep. You know, and you, yeah. It doesn't have to be like, I think, you know, there's been folks out there that have proven that you can put, if you do, if you know what you're doing and, you know, that you can put a decal on a flat surface, a- absolutely flat, flat meaning matte, you know, it's right. not glossy. Right. And, and you, and not have any silvering. That's right. You know, it's, it's harder. I mean, it's all about, I don't think it's matte versus glossy. It's, the smoothness that's you know, right smooth that's, yeah that's what it is yeah. smooth versus so, roughs so right, there, right, there's right. a debate out there that says if it's a rough surface you can't get good adhesion and i think that's all bull malarkey you had asked me the other night i i'd put a uh a picture of the f4 with a gloss nose and then i went ahead and dull coated it and you asked me no no decals <laughs> no decals on the nose well yeah there's a couple but I'm not really worried about that because it comes down to the decal, right? And the manufacturer and the adhesion properties yeah. of the decal. I know the decal I'm going to put on this is going to suck down, man. And if I put a little bit of, you know, solvent without linen pool, it's going to suck down or no problem. And then there's ways to do that. It typically, if it still s- silvers, I'm going to go back to uh, Whitey's. Uh, recommendation to me is a little pin prick because I didn't get enough solvent underneath it. There's some air trapped or something. So the adhesion didn't happen, but it's, yeah. and then the, the fourth is just these decals suck <laughs> and they roll <laughs> up and they crack and they fall apart. And yeah, that's not, you know, much I've you got do that, when that happens. I've got that with my, uh, my F-18, my kinetic F-18 sitting up here, I had to pull some decals off of the uh, leading edges of the verticals because they were just crap. 
You know, they just what, what decals were they? What oh, the, the, the old, okay, yeah. So you're talking, scale. Yeah. you're talking thirty year old Duke, thirty year old decals, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, so are there things I could have done to prevent that up front? Yeah, maybe, but yeah. you know, thirty years later, I don't want to deal with that. I just really want to put decals on and then work. So, well, uh, you know, let's let's circle back to. Uh, silvering, yeah. Um, because you know, there's probably people out there going, okay. So if I get a silvering decal, how do I fix it? And you kind of touched on it a second ago with, you know, pin pricking it. Very sharp, um, exacto tip. Yeah, right? yeah. Just brand new number eleven blade new. tip. There you go. And and just kind of you know you're not stabbing into the model, but just light lightly score. This is me too. My technique here, lightly scoring. I don't want to be going down. Full, you know, like 90 degrees to it because then you're going to be creating pock marks. So I just kind of, in an aft kind of motion, score into the decal. Uh, you know, again, you, you're just making microscopic openings and then flowing some solvent over it, some microsol, uh, giving it a, you know, giving it a 10 count now, or so, so dabbing let, it. Let's deep dive that for just a second, though. Let's go back to what I was saying. So you're talking about Scraping with a microscopic, not scraping. Okay, well, no, no, no. Wrong... Well, a poke, a, a poke. Yeah. If you will. All right. Yeah, but I'm not with... poking forward. I, I right. for me personally, I, I use an aft motion, so the right. tip of the exacto blade okay. is making cuts into you know because I don't want to be going forward because then I'm going to be digging right. up stuff, making right. trows. I don't want to do that. But you know, but so you, you do that right, and then you yeah. add the solvent again. Mm-hmm. And then you or, or the don't set. want it. I, I go then, with set first. Then you don't want it to pull. No. And then you want it to let it set. And there aren't no shortcuts. My point is, is it might take two or three, four or five times doing that yeah, man. to get it to mm-hmm. work because it's not going to happen quickly. No. Is yeah, my I, point. I know. I know I found so because you don't really you can kind of see the silvering before you put your your final flat coat on, but it doesn't really once you put that flat coat on, that's when you really can realize the silvering. That's when it's going to show up the most. You put that flat coat on and it literally looks like there's silver paint underneath the decal. And like Whitey said, it's just air trapped underneath, you know, (laughs) there's underneath the decal between the surface and the decal. So. What I do is even with the flat, right on the flat coat, I just take some, um, I probably use the microsol. It might be a little hot, but this is just what works for me. So, cause it's typically a, a troublesome area anyway, then I'm probably like, usually when they silver, I'm like, I think I might have trouble there. Typically it's not a, what that's silvered, huh? It happens, yeah. but you know, so all I do is just take a, a, a small amount of the microsol put it on the decal and the flat kind of absorbs it. So you don't have to worry about the pooling. And then I take the number 11 blade and I stipple it just pop, 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 pop. And I hit it just very lightly. And I can actually see, you can see the, the silvering going away. And then I'd let it sit there for a little bit. And then I go back and put one more round of salt on there. And then again, just leave it. The key is having the patience to not, mess with it don't try to push it with a towel or a napkin or a q-tip let no the solvent yeah let the solvent do the work for you you know yeah don't 
immediately after you put the solvent on there, don't start pushing down because you can, there'll be, there'll be parts of the decal that could potentially come up. So just be patient with it. And it's really hard to do, you know, it's, it's not, uh, but it, it'll, I mean, most of my models that I've got, I mean, that's, you know, you're always going to get a little bit of silvering, but it's easy to take care of, you know, so don't sweat just because you get silvering. It's not the end of the world. Don't colonize it. Don't, don't chunk it. You know, you can fix it. <laughs> yeah. So it, everything's fixable. Yeah. So there was a uh, fine scale. I think it was back in the eighties, late eighties when they used to do stuff and they had like hand drawn illustrations when they were trying to describe something. They had one about decal. I don't know. I don't remember what, ep- what issue it was in or anything. But it goes into detail like what causes silvering. And a great example of that is go out there and probably not Scott's car because I think he had it's a beamer and he had it ceramic coated. But if you go out to your your if you go out to your car and you touch the paint, it's not smooth. And if you go touch your windshield, your windshield's not smooth. And if you were to look at your paint and your windshield underneath the microscope, you would see that it's like mountainous. That's why you have like if you have it like I hate it, it pisses me off when you go to rent a car and it's raining and the windshield is just dog shit and you can't see out of the thing. And that's because when you put rain, that, that's why Rainex, the guys that invented Rainex become millionaires because you put that Rainex on there and that and it fills it, fills the, it fills that stuff. So when it does rain. That's why the water beads and flies right off. And when you waxed your car, it's the same thing. That's a You're perfect- putting wax into that. So when you put water on it, the water runs right off. Perfect analogy. So what are you doing to the surface to make sure that the decals suck down? Well, so all the shit. That's what I I mean. I I am one of the weirdos. I don't use a gloss coat at all. Zero gloss coat. I use a t-shirt and some 3M car polish. And that's how I put down. And all I do is I find wherever the spot is that I'm going to put my decal down. I polish that one little bitty area, put the decal down. I'm good to go. Now, granted, I'm also using gun. That's why I love Aqueous. That's why I love. I'm a fan boy of Gunsy Aqueous because of the soft properties of that paint. So it allows me to polish it, get it nice and smooth, and I don't need a gloss coat. And it takes a nice flat coat when you're done decaling and boom, you're done. I mean, it's just. That's why I use Aqueous. Not because, granted, it's the best spray and paint I've ever sprayed, but it's what I can get with the whole, it makes the decal process easier for me. And is it more work to polish each individual little bitty spot where I'm going to put a stencil or a marking? Yeah. Absolutely. What do you do that but, for, man? <laughs> yeah, the, well, sp- stencil. so <laughs> I already I mean, did. I did it on the Tomcat. Yeah. No. no, no issue. Not one yeah. bit of silvering on that. Whole oh no, I'm not aircraft. talking about issues. I'm so, just talking yeah. about the the amount of polishing. Yeah. Well, I might not put them all on there. <laughs> I might, I might, I might not put all of them on there. Yeah. But I'll put the main ones. You know. But yeah, I, I I agree. I'm a little. I know. I'm a little bit of an oddball in more ways than one. I got that. Doesn't have anything to do with models. But um, it, yeah, I, I don't feel the need for a gloss coat. And and. When I'm using furball decals with cartograph, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm yeah. almost like Whitey, where I'm like, I'm actually that's that cartograph uh, thing, man. You know, I like the sound of not using any sort of a clear coat like you do, Scott. I like that technique. Yeah, uh, I yep. I do it myself when I can. 
Um, you know, if I'm using the Aqueous, I'm definitely going to. Um, and, and, and I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a fanboy of that stuff. Uh, if it's available, I'm going to grab it. Um, yep. Otherwise, I'm using the Mystacolor version. And that stuff goes down so hard, you don't need to add a, a clear coat typically either. Um, you, you know, and it's it's semi-gloss, uh, m- most of it, I believe. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, I'm like you. I share the philosophy of not adding any extra layers if you don't have to. That's going to, you know, change the uh, appearance that you got going on. Uh, what about you other guys? You, you know, you guys pro or anti-clear coats or what? Froldo? It, uh... It all depends on the situation. Cause like I've, I've done both, but when I'm polishing, I'm always afraid I'm going to rub the paint off. I'm in with a bald spot where I went down to the plastic. Cause you are, cause you're yeah. going to pull paint off. You look at the Q-tip, you got paint on the end of the Q-tip. So I'm always afraid that I'm going to polish it off. And, uh, I like 50, you know, pretty much 50, 50. It depends. Like I said, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing like, if I was doing a phantom with all those, and I was going to put all those stencils on, I would not sit there and polish every, I would, that I would, that I would clear coat just to save time because it would take you two weeks to sit there and polish every little spot. So something like that I would do a gloss coat for. But for like most tactical stuff that we do, you know, just you can get away with just polishing it. Because yeah. like when I when I shoot my paint too, I always take an old t-shirt and I always buff it afterwards. And so I buff as I go. And that kind of you know puts a little gloss to it without having to put a a clear coat down. So it just all depends. And you can I well, mean, you know, I me and the whole polishing the individual spot, um, it certainly doesn't take two weeks. Um, you know, it's actually pretty quick once you get the process down and you can, you can move pretty rapidly through it. Um, cause I'm not sitting there for, you know, 10 minutes polishing. It's just a very, very light polish. I use the 3M scratch remover with a Q-tip. It just provides the perfect amount of, I guess, you know, um, friction you know, to be able to polish and not take paint away. Yeah, it takes a little bit of the paint away, but I'm also not um, painting and then 10 minutes later polishing. So I... What I is that 3M to, stuff? Is it a liquid? Yeah, paste? it's a, it's just a... Yeah, it's like a pay. It's like a very... Um, it's... it's Here, let me look at it. It's, it's like a, a polish, yeah, like wax, like a white polish. Yeah, 3M okay. scratch remover. Yeah, it's just like your regular old stuff ah, for so a car. It's, all right. Yep. So it's, car, it's an auto so, product. Yeah, it's all an right. auto... And it works awesome. Um, again, just a little bit on a Q-tip and then um, just kind of buffing. But that's the, again, that's why I use Aqueous because you don't have to polish very much. That stuff will take a nice sheen. Even, even, and I spray my paint. I mean, I, I add flat base to all of my Aqueous. So when I'm spraying, the paint's not real slippery. So it's just not, as I'm putting it down with the airbrush, it's going exactly where I want it to go. And then, yep, I, I go back and take the super soft T-shirt that's it's probably 20 years old. I have this one particular T-shirt that I use to polish. Sometimes I might use a little, just dab it on my tongue and polish a little bit with a little bit of spit. If I need to use the 3M, polish it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, like the Tomcat that I did, all the stencils on there, it didn't take me that long to do it. And not one bit of silvering. So, good times. Dean Rand, do you shoot clears if you I, have to you know it i like frildo's answer it depends that's my favorite yeah, answer man. you know it depends on the situation um for us for us it'll answer yeah i mean it, yeah, uh, you guys in your depends well it, it does it depends it, it really does, does on what kidding. what i'm gonna I'm do kidding. um 
you know, the, the fan I'm doing now is all MRP. And the thing I love about MRP is, is it really dries to a nice, smooth finish. Uh, and it's rock hard. So absolutely not. I won't use any clear coat on it. Uh, it also depends on what kind of weathering I'm going to do. So if, if I'm using oils and I want the oils to kind of discolor and get into the paint, well, I want to do that on a flat. I don't want to just move it around on a gloss coat. So it doesn't really change any hue to the paint. So I'm getting into a different topic, but uh, the, the use of gloss coats is more than just decals, right? So, um, yeah. but if I'm using Tamiya paints, especially some of their flats, yeah, I will probably gloss coat because I'm also going to weather and, you know, I, I, flats just act differently. Um, I will say that, you know, you talk about polishing the top for some reason, the, uh, the gold gray, it kind of, uh, left a little sand type grit to the paint. I don't know. I must've done something with my pressure or something with my airbrush. And in this is, and this is the thing I love about MRP, man, it's, it's so rock hard. I was able to take my 8,000 grit, uh, sand and sponge with a little water and six passes over that thing real quick. And it was smooth as glass, you know, and even though it comes out with more of a little finish, it, you know, a little bit more of a uh, gloss finish. It doesn't push like Scott was talking about when you use a gloss paint. Mm -hmm. You can still see like with the flat where it's going. Uh, when you get that side light just right, you can still see where that paint's hitting and it's a nice area. So you can see where you're coating and where you're not. It's not pushing the paint around. Uh, so, you know, if I was uh, using guns, which I have not perfected that one day. It's easy, man. It's yeah, easy. One day, maybe. Uh, but I do yeah, like, you, I like how hard the MRP paint is. I just, I, it's a very easy paint to shoot. There's no mix in it. We'll, just go. We'll, so. we'll get, well, I'll swing by the Casa and we'll play with Aqueous a little bit whenever, like, for example, with the Phantom, when I get ready to do decals or whatever, or wash, yeah, cool. and I'll show you kind of, I, I will admit though, like Aqueous is delicate. Yes. And I think that's why, like, for example, like Gabe doesn't like, he used to use aqueous until Mr. Color and he really loves Mr. Color. Same, same. It's, I mean, it's almost identical to MRP. It's just, it sprays beautifully, dries rock hard. And it just depends on your, it, as it depends. Cause I, I'm just kidding earlier. It absolutely depends, but, um, depends on your personal process that you like to do. I, the way I paint and weather and decal do all that stuff. I have found a way to do it using aqueous. And then, like, for example, Darren, you you like using MRP and it just, you know, and then when the end result, it's pretty similar. Just I don't know if I could do what I what my brain's trying to do with different paints. And I'm I'm bad. I, I don't want to try new paint. I don't need to try all the new stuff. I'm good. I got my you have a process. I got my, I got my process. I got my aqueous. I got a whole craftsman <laughs> drawer full of that stuff. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, you got cases, but, um, man. I do. Powerful. You got cases. Oh my god, I do, <laughs> I do. But you know, I and, and I used to, I used to future my models. I used to use future back in the, in the early '90s when I was first learning about building. I oh, I used to future stuff. You you're know? cussing. I, oh, this this you're is great. This is great stuff. Th that's I a cuss word in the modeling world. Yeah, now I just use future for dipping canopies. You know, I do it every now and again. That's it. But 
That's it. Anyway, yeah, you don't want getting off. Don't get don't off. use a floor product. There's too many good modeling products out there now. But <laughs> oh, you got to use Windex. Windex to clean your models after you. Dude, I know guys who will do it. They'll put a puddle of future down and put the decal right on top of that and let it dry. And I just and I, and, but they you know yeah, for real. But that's can, the deal though. Like it's like people putting certain chemicals and stuff on the models. And for me, it's like <gasps> yeah, I would, what. You know, because you know, if you're not careful, that shit can be brush marks and everything. And oh man, it, never. If I were to do it, it would look like dog crap. Never, yeah. never. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but I think, I think the key is like we've we'll all agree, no matter what process we use, we all agree, you got to have a smooth surface. You yep. want your decals to adhere, you just got to have a smooth surface, and don't be afraid to use. Like I have some. Um, Mr. Hobby polishing cloths and I have a super fine and a fine and they are unbelievable. I, I use them and I wash them and I reuse them. They are, they're even better than my, uh, than my, my first round. What I use is just cause my, my actual, the older t-shirt is pretty rough, but these other cloths that I use, um, and they're not super expensive, but man, they give you that nice sheen and all you gotta do is take your finger like, well, is it good enough? And just take your finger and rub it on on your model. If it makes that noise, that when you rub your finger across the surface, you're good, man. Squeaky good. Squeaky clean. Saw good, man. Saw good, man. Saw good, man. But the big thing is just don't rush. Just try to be patient with it. I know we all want the model built like now, but, you know, that's the hardest thing I had to learn is going from building a model in a week to taking my time and enjoying putting the model together. And I'll just say it again, plug, but shameless plug, but man, you guys got to get that F4. That's me. It's just, you're going <laughs> to smile. It is awesome. You're going to smile. <laughs> um, let me ask a question. Have any of y'all used something like X22 as a uh, solvent before for a stubborn decal or use mm. heat with the heat uh, hair dryer? No, I have I not. I have not. No, and I, I mean, I've done would, neither of those. Yeah, I mean, I, that that would not be good on aqueous. <laughs> I've <laughs> a big old blob of that would. I actually that's like using. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say that's like putting enamel, an, an, an oil or enamel wash on Model Master. <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah, um, I did. Uh, yeah. When we did our forty-eight hour build with uh, yeah James and those guys over there from Just Make a Conversation. I did use a hairdryer and it worked. Oh, like you're talking about chain. drying the paint. No, I'm talking about your decals. After you put some solvent oh, on okay. there, let it sit for a couple of minutes and hit it with some heat from a distance and watch right. it dry yeah. and suck down in. Well, yeah. doesn't that kind of go back to my hot water in the beginning and not room temperature water? It does. It does. You're right. It helps it conform. Uh, yeah. But once the paint dries, because you know that once you put the decal down after coming out of hot water, it'll start to cool almost immediately. Yeah. But that heat, and you don't want to hold it in one spot for a long time. Don't do that. I whatever. Say, yeah, that thing would like. But, but just from a distance, you know, I hit it and I started letting it just slowly heat up and it would just dry and uh, and suck right down. And of course, you know, you're doing a 48 hour build. You got to do what you can in a hurry, right? But it worked and like a champ. How many of us finished the 48 hour build? I mean, I didn't. I, <laughs> mine was more like a. Not me because of know. decals. Yeah. Yeah. My, I, I didn't finish vehicles. because of decals. 
I thought you didn't finish because you cracked the half of the nose on the P40, so you had to switch to more like a 24-hour build. You finished. Yeah, but I mean. You're done. I got, no, there's, um, I got to do some weathering. Looks done. And uh, peel the masking tape off the canopy. Oh. You know what? I think. I think we need to think about doing something like that here, U.S. side, with some of our podcast friends out there. Uh, and uh, I want to ask this for listeners. You know, give us an email. Drop us an email. What What would be a good charity? You know, we did that one over there for their uh, Models for Heroes. Over here, it's Models for Veterans. But what would be another good one? Is there, you know, is there a school or is there some sort of STEM-type engineering? You know, is there something out there that maybe we can do? And then I... I might throw the the challenge out there to our podcast friends. Maybe do a our other podcast, you know, the Mojo and those guys, and see if they want to uh, kick off a forty eight hour build. And I'd be do down for it. I'm I, I can I think Whitey and I we chatted about this. I'm doing a little bitty old like forty eight scale gun or Sons. a tank. Oh yeah, Sons. or a figure. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah. just sorry to get off topic, but I just thought that's great. Yeah. Maybe oh, that's cool. Know. I I think yeah, man. Let us know down for that all right the only thing only other thing i'd say about decaling is uh you know again i mentioned i like the process but one one of the one of the things uh pre-planning when you're gonna do decals too comes into play sometimes depending on the subject you're building uh i'm looking across the room at my i got a uh thunderbirds jet sitting over there and you know with those demo team markings are always huge decal endeavors and uh especially with thunderbirds um so one of the uh i know one of the problems i ran into not a problem but uh, one of the things i i have the tamia 48 skill thunderbird kit that i'm going to throw together and i know how their uh markings run up under the intake so that's something you know phil didn't you have an issue with that when you were built doing the 32 scale one didn't you with their uh thunderbird markings and paint and you know, that's where I'm going with this is like planning ahead your paint process versus, you know, right. Your your decaling. Yeah. If I don't like decaling, I'm still got painting and stuff to do, but on that kit, they have, you put the top part of the intake, that blue. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. That that blue part. Yep. And they have you put that on. And that was kind of, I was trying like, well, I'm going to paint it first and then put it on. But then if you glue it on and then paint it, then you're not getting, you better hope you're, it's smooth in there because when you go to put, if you can't get the white paint in there. So that one, you unfortunately have to, it's best just to shoot it white, put that decal on there and then just watch it when you're, cause you know, when you paint the rest of the intake and the fuselage, you gotta be mindful of that. You got that decal on there. And then my only thing was like matching the, cause there's some spots on there that you have to paint blue and yeah. getting the blue to match was always a pain for me. I could never figure it out. Yeah. I love it when a decal sheet provides a little bit of extra material to, yep. to fill in those type of gaps. You know, it's always, uh, it's always, yeah. I mean, I've got, I'll get back on it. And so I, I got someone, I mean, I started on that thing whew, like 10, 12 years ago and I think I stripped it down. And so now it's ready to be repainted. And I got two more full sets of the kit, the Tamiya Thunderbird decals. So I was going to put on the stand and kind of show Sweet. it in flight got the pilot all painted up in it and uh i'll get back on that one day i was in brunswick yeah. when i started that oh man i think the, okay. the color matching you know trying to match 
the colors on decals. I, I agree, Whitey. When a company will at least get try to get you in the right direction, whether they provide the FS number or you know some type of a match with like you know how two bobs would have like Gunsy color to me a color model mat you know they'd have like the different sets of the di- but I you know that's because um, I've started doing some research on a couple of schemes that I'm going to try to see about um, <clears throat> particular um, decal manufacturer maybe uh, making and uh, so I've been doing some research on the colors that is work. That's work to try to find out, no kidding, what's the FS color, but then what paint company, because they're not really perfect. You, I, like no. all my colors, I, I mix everything because I'm just trying to, I have a picture that I'm going off of, but the picture can be off, you know? So the, yeah. it's just hard. And, and I, I try not to lose sleep over, is it quote exact? I just get it fairly close. I think we all know about the whole F-16 you know, nose cone, it, it just pick gray, just paint it gray, you know, it's, it's, or, you know, it can be a number of different colors, but I try not to stress too, too, too much, but man, yeah, I think providing FS numbers and paint colors and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's it, the one thing I really helps. about, like you, you talk about uh, manufacturers out there. That's, you know, Jeff and oh, over there, Furball does it. He puts it on top, which I'm thankful because one of the, I've got to match up the wingtip, you know, I got to paint the wingtips. And I've got to paint the drop tank nose to match the stripes. And uh, I'm not going to give away the livery on in, in the podcast here. Well, that'll be a surprise for the the web page later on. But I uh, I've got to match that paint. So out comes the old I model kit app and start mixing paints in there to try and figure out what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do. But uh, we'll figure it out slowly but surely. And, I know someone who's real good at mixing paint, and I'm sure that if you went over there and said, "Hey, man, I need to get this. I need to get this color," he can probably have it done for you in like yeah, ten I'm, minutes. I'm, I'm going to go over there, and I'm, I'm going to bring him a six pack of his favorite uh, soda or whatever it is he drinks, and we're going to do it. <laughs> hey, I had a beer when I was on leave. You did, you did. Or two. I, I had, I had like a beer. In fact, the other night I had such a crappy day at work. Um, we started the fire. It was one of the nice nights that we had where it was like in the high seventies, no wind, yeah, super man. clear out. And Allison, she, you know, I, I was just sitting out there and she's like, why don't you start the fire pit? So we like got the fire pit going. She came over and she's like, you think you need one of these? And it was glorious. Well, was, we, I, I, I got to tell you, I saw the picture you posted and I was yep. about three shakes away from hitting these three guys and saying <laughs> green, green light, same green, green, green light, same house. house. <laughs> It should have, man. You guys should just come over. I, it's just, you know, too long. I don't know. Let's, I drank a lot when I was like 10. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> anyway. 10. I'm making up for it now. Okay, 14. I was 14. <laughs> 14. Drank more when I was 14 than I was when I was now 50. So, anyway. Um, well, yeah. So, yeah. Good times. All right, decals. Anything else you guys want to beat up the subject about? Or if we drug it through the mud enough? Get some Montex masks. Yeah, Take your time. Decals. All right. Just kidding, That's all yeah. I got, Just, Bart. Any yeah. of you listeners out there, you got questions or issues with decals? Show us your worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> man. Yeah, there's a couple we'll, out we'll there. We've all been there, though, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I was thinking about this last night. 
because you know when I started, I didn't know what the gloss coat. You know, I used to get the tan, the uh, tester's little kit that came with little little rotating thing that would hold the square bottles of paint that would come in like two different boxes of paint, and then this dull coat and gloss coat, and I never knew what that crap was for. And so I remember never. I've had some that were like probably twenty five years old. But I didn't know what it was for, and I get a model done. You know, of course, I didn't have an airbrush at the time, so brush painting it, and then wondering why. When you look at the you know the instructions, it will call out a gray for the canopy frame. I remember I was doing the Ravel seventy two scale A six. I'm like, oh, I got that color gray, and it would never match the plastic. You know, and it's just like, ah, shit. And then go to put the decal on, and it's all silvered and everything. And I thought, oh man, this is cool. This thing, hey, it's my best one I, yet. You know what, Frill? You just gave me Little a do great idea. You gave you just gave me a great. I, I'm serious. So, so check this out. What if we did like a 48 hour build, no airbrush allowed? Oh man, you gotta brush paint it. That would be man. That would be awesome. I mean, just for fun. I mean, that's what we did when we were yeah. like, you know. Get, I mean, you remember how excited you were when you built your model and the gear were crooked and the canopies were all brush painted and the whole thing was brushed. Maybe I brush painted. Maybe I just blew plastic and you put the decals on there. Man, you, that was like the coolest thing ever. I haven't had that feeling in like forever. I think it would be fun. Just try. Just I think Look, we should have a, a 48 no hour build. No, no airbrush allowed. What, what if we did our first geek group build? And we had all of our listeners do one too. And we put it out yeah. there and did a group build, a 30 day group build, brushes only, no airbrush allowed. Brushes only, no airbrush. <laughs> but the well, one it's... guy on hyperscale, Paul Coiteret, who is like the master of using a, a very, he can't, he's not allowed. Yeah, to yeah he's not allowed. Uh, not allowed. Right. Sorry. No, so it'd be Tim, like using... our, Tim's not allowed either. Our, yeah, he does all that... his stuff. Yeah, not allowed. Yeah, he's yeah. too good. So sorry. He does, he does good work with them the brush uh, so it'd be like using the techniques that we've acquired but using the acqu- the supplies of our nine-year-old self exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be awesome that would be so freaking well, cool now now let's caveat that you don't have to use white testers brushes you can use a you good don't. brush and you can Ooh. use and you can use you can use anything but an airbrush you yes. can't airbrush anything so you can use you know to extra thin, uh, leveling thinner, Gunzy, Model Master, Craft. No, whatever you want to use. Right, so here's the deal. Whatever you want to use. I'm gonna put a poll up. Oh, this is good. This is I'm, good. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna put a poll up on our Facebook page, and I want all yeah. listeners go to the Facebook page, and I want you to click yes or no. It's just that's it. Yes or no, and we're gonna go from there. I have a feeling I know where it's gonna go, but I'm gonna go put oh, the poll man. up. Now. We could even do it where like halfway through a roadblock or a curveball gets thrown in there and that's the thing you got to use you got you can't use your normal brushes you got to use the tester white handled brushes no you can't do mm. that that's big wrenches that's, that's I, a I need, big wrench dude i i need that's i need those things for my static wicks i you know you're gonna be like patches <laughs> that's throwing, all they're good for you're, you're, you're gonna be like patches throwing wrenches at people while they're out there trying to throw a dodgeball <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna have more colonized kids <laughs> yeah. we know what to do with yeah real's gonna be like Oh, dude, I'm starting my my ten hour build. He's like, I've already colonized two of them. I'm gonna be like, I'm on my third colonization of damn models. I'm using <laughs> Tezzer's brush paints. Yep. Yeah, it'll be good, man. I have to go find no. me some of those Humbrol little jar little uh, paints because those are those are pretty good, you know, to do a. Man, I just do like a seven, 
Yeah, man. Model Master brush, right. brush paint so terribly too, man. Brush strokes. And, All right. uh, I'll put the poll up. Great. I'll put the poll up. Let's see what our listeners say. I think it's a great idea. So let's roll with that. <laughs> so it's a good deal. Okay, Whitey. All right. Sorry, okay. squirrel. <laughs> yeah, another squirrel. Round them up, man. Round them up. <laughs> Let's round up the show, actually. Okay. There we go. Thank you to all you model geeks out there for downloading and listening and making us part of your valuable bench time. Hope you all enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed sitting here and discussing the hobby and all the other topics that we that run <laughs> run across our table. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Darren, you want to talk Patreon for us? No problem. Uh, first, I want to take a moment, though, and thank Sprue Brothers and uh, Furball Aero Design as well as our other supporters. Uh, take a look in the show notes. We've got a list of those folks down there. Uh, please know that you guys are awesome. Uh, you completely rock. So uh, if you're interested in helping to support the show, then you can do it in one of two ways. The first is by clicking the heart icon in the top right corner of our webpage or by clicking the support the geeks link in the show notes. Either one of those will take you to our PayPal me page where you can donate to the show. We also have a Patreon page. Uh, there you can support in a few different ways. Uh, check that out. Uh, also on our Patreon page, we offer exclusive content such as behind-the-scenes videos and access to uh, our private Facebook group, uh, where there we do you know live videos and giveaways as well as Q&A. So if you have a chance, check out the link in the show notes to the Patreon page. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, as always, please know that this is not a requirement, okay? Uh, we're still going to strive to deliver the best content we can, but please do know that it really does help us offset the cost of our protection cost. And I just want to say up front, uh, thanks for taking a look at it. Uh, it we really appreciate it. So uh, there you go. All right, thank you very much. I hope you can join us for our next podcast. For now, be excellent to each other and get out there and build something. Out from the geeks. Take care, everyone. Later, folks. See Later. Ya.